0: Welcome, welcome, welcome! I'm so glad that you're with us. I'm excited for this message this morning. Um, we're in James chapter two, continuing this series, uh, starting with verse 14. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna open before we read the text because this can, this can get, this can get tricky. And we knew this when we were going to get here, that it was going to be one of those passages that, yeah, you'll see when we read it. But, 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 don't worry. Don't worry, okay? You're in good hands. Um, But I I love when we preach through books and when we preach the way that we do, we come to these, these passages and we can't just skip over them. And I think there's so many times where we would rather just skip over challenging words, challenging texts. But in the, uh, we don't do that because this is what's in Scripture. And so as, as difficult as this is going to be this morning, I pray that you are, are confident as I am uh, as we read through verses 14 to 26. But starting, starting, I want to give you these words from John Calvin right? Because we're talking about faith without works is dead. Easy breezy, no problem. John Calvin said this. He said, just to give us some context and some clarity before we dive in, John Calvin said, it is faith alone that justifies, okay? Let's get that set. Let's get that settled. Faith alone that justifies. But faith that justifies is never alone okay faith alone that justifies but faith that justifies is never alone and we're going to see why in this text so starting with verse 14 what good is it my brothers if someone says he has faith but does not have works can that faith save him If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to him, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. D E A, dead. But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. You ready? Okay, all right. I feel better now. All right, let's go. So reading that text, right, there's a lot of questions, a lot of questions. But it, as I was preparing for this, uh, we, we made a trip to Home Depot because we needed some hardware for a dresser uh, so the kids can climb up. But that's another story. So we were, because that happens. Don't worry, it's, it's braced. We got it anchored to the wall. But we, so we went into Home Depot looking for, like, handles. And there were some which was great but not enough. When you always need we had we had 4, we needed 8, not quite there. So I go to the gentleman and I say, "Can you do you have any more of these?" And he looks it up and, "Yep, they've got they've got plenty. They've got enough." So he goes and he looks for them. And he's looking and he's looking And he doesn't find them he climbed the he climbed the stair ladder thing and was looking up ahead up above and he comes down and he kind of just has this sigh of like (sighs) and he says something that really struck me someone probably walked off with them (laughs) but he's, he's so confident in that and i was Wow, this guy is like, he knows that someone just stole these. He said that Home Depot store is, is potentially losing upwards of $7,000 a day in theft. And they're having to lock up their tools and their more expensive items because people are just walking off with them. And that's, that set me back because I could see his face kind of as he told me this. as he, It's kind of like, yeah, that's what we're dealing with. And I've seen that in other places, in other stores. Walgreens closed all of their stores in San Francisco because it just wasn't worth it. They were losing so much money from people stealing stuff that they're just like, okay, we're out of San Francisco. And, it, and I was like to see his countenance having to live in that reality made me realize how hungry and desperate this world is for the good works of the church okay it's needed so badly last night just hearing about what happened in buffalo 10 people shot dead this this world is so Sad, so sad, and having to face the reality day in and day out, where they see things like that, and that's and that's. And he said, the guy at Home Depot said, we can't do anything about it. They just got to walk out. They're not allowed to stop them. They're not allowed to intervene. They just have to watch it go. Demoralizing. And I think of that, and I think of how much the church when we are operating in those works when we are living out our faith is going to be so sweet to those hurting and broken hearts brothers and sisters this world is hurting and leonard ravenhill said this he said the world is not waiting for a new definition of christianity it's waiting for a new demonstration of christianity it's waiting for us to wake up and get serious and say, I know my Savior and I know what he did for me and I'm gonna live it out and I'm gonna affect the world around me as much as I can, big or small, every day. He's gonna be refining me and sanctifying me through these works. And we're gonna look at that in this passage because our, fo- our faith is born out in our lives and if we're not demonstrating that, If we are not willing to, he makes it very clear that our faith is in question. And I cannot sugarcoat that, and I don't want to. Because James, in his letter, makes it abundantly, exceedingly, painfully clear what the Christian life is look like and and the standard that we should hold. In several places, he addresses the the impetus for such living, the the driving, motivating force. We heard it two weeks ago, be doers of the word, not just hearers. So this is a doing part two. Okay? We're hearing the word, time to go and do. All right? What What is the motivating, why is he saying this? right? Because we're going we're gonna to live and we're going to act a certain way. Why? Why? What is the why behind it? Because if we have the why, if we start with that, if we start with, here's our faith transforming us, then we get to, okay, let's live it out. And James, for the rest of this book, f- chapter 1 through, through, through to the end, is here's how we live. Here's how we live it out. And here in verses 14 and 26, here's why? Here's why I do what I do. Okay. And there's two questions that really come out of this that, that, that I had when I read this text and wanted to find an answer to. What kind of faith is James talking about? I'm not looking for a dead faith that's useless. I really don't want that. Number two, right? What kind of faith is James talking about? What kind of works is he talking about? okay cuz he's talking about works like what does he mean by that all right so that we can know and, and operate in those okay cuz clarity is so important that we can follow his will and understand and we're going to get to all of that we're going to unpack that this this passage is was just a sponge that kept dripping no matter how much i wrung it out so i'm excited this morning and the first one okay we're going to dive right in he's clearly giving a strong Warning, not to condemn, but to convict. We get those confused sometimes. We hear conviction and feel condemnation. He's not condemning, he's convicting to warn us because he loves us and the Holy Spirit inspired him to do that so that we have faith that's useful and active and alive. Yes? All right, okay. He's clearly giving us a warning about faith because he was addressing something that was happening in the church where people were saying, I've got faith, I'm good. I believe, I believe. I'm A-okay, don't worry about me. I don't need to do this. I'm good, I've got faith. And James is saying, faith without works is incomplete. It's an incomplete that many people are deceived by because we don't want to be challenged. We don't want to have to do that feels like legalism, that feels like an obligation. F- salvation is free, they tell me. Salvation is free. Jesus died for me. I don't have to do anything about it. Doesn't he love me? Isn't my faith enough? But the faith that's unaccompanied by works, right? It believes. It believes. Right there in in verse 14, someone says, um, he has faith. And even if you jump down to verse 19, you believe that God is one. You believe that God is one. You do well. It's a faith that believes. I believe in God. All right, you've taken the first step. You're no longer an atheist. Congratulations. (laughs) You believe in God. God is one. All right, what's the next thing that he says about that? So do, so do the demons. All right, so now you're in the company of demons. Okay, so step one, all right? But that's how far believing gets us. You believe, you do well. Even the demons believe. Clearly not, not fully there. And when you look at when Jesus, throughout his ministry, would cast out demons, they could recognize who he was and responded to him and addressed him in his proper title, seeing him for the fully divine that he was. I'm, I'm going out on a limb, but I don't expect to see demons in, in heaven. So who knows that theology might get corrected when I get there. I'll let you know. But I'm not, I'm not holding my, my breath that I'm going to see demons in heaven. Okay? Okay. They believe, they shudder. Okay? So, so faith that's incomplete believes. It also perceives. Okay? It can believe and it can perceive. So verse 15, if you look at that, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled. They're perceiving that there should be some goodwill towards those people in need. Yes, we see that. You're in need, you're struggling, you're impoverished. I wish you well, right? I perceive that there should be some goodwill towards you and that I want your benefit. I want you to to be better than where you are. It perceives that there is something that's lacking and I want to be able to, with my kind and generous words, bless you. It believes, it perceives, but it does not achieve. It can know the right thing, it can believe, but it does not achieve true salvation. It will not carry us across the finish line because he says, do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? It's useless. It's not going to get us what God intended when he created us and when he sent his son and commanded us to have faith and invited us into that. So to show you what kind of faith is not dead, I want to I ask for two volunteers. Two volunteers. Anybody. Just to help with a, Emily Tibbetts. Awesome. Thank you. Come on up. Come on up. I want to demonstrate this. Because we've got, we've got faith that we think that we, we have faith that believes, that perceives, but doesn't achieve. And then we've got real, genuine faith that we want to see and visualize. Come, grab, come up here. Come grab a pot. Do I have one more? I need one more volunteer. Someone? Marilyn is coming up? Okay. Marilyn. Awesome. So I want to show because, yep, come on, come on up. I want us to be able to see this all right marilyn i 'm going to grab your pot right here all right okay yeah so we 've got we 've got two gardeners here right emily gardener uh, you are, you 're a gardener yes see. yes, yes, okay um, so your thoughts on like composting and container gardening i 've heard that you 're very pro container gardening. You're, you know um, companion gardening, so like you're up on the Three Sisters, the, the beans, the squash, and, you know, she's, she's, she's got all the subscriptions to the magazines, the seed catalogs, um, she's very good. No pesticides, right, right? You're, you're anti-pesticide? Yes, thank you, yes, all right. So she's a, she's a gardener, okay? Self-proclaimed, she's got it. Marilyn, you're, you're a gardener as well, yes? Yes. Okay. So, so are you like, um, hmm, do you compost? Yes. Yes. You're a compost. Okay. Okay. All right. So you, and you've kind of, you've kind of stepped into like the hydroponics realm and the aquaponics. So you're, you're very much, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for your contribution to the food, to the food pantry and the farmer's market. That was awesome. Yes. Okay. So, so Emily, right? Emily believes and she claims, she's a gardener. Yes, Marilyn, she's, she's also a gardener. She's, she's told us that she's a gardener. Okay. But, but Emily, right? You, you kind of, maybe you have a seed in there. I don't know. You've got some weeds growing up, um, clearly some weeds, but, but Emily, right? She just kind of, she doesn't get into the soil. I've never seen her pull weeds. Marilyn, you can go ahead and, and, and pull some weeds out. You're doing some work pulling the weeds. Awesome. Marilyn, can you water your, you know, you're working the soil. You're going to water. Very good. She's, she's working. There's actual water. Like you can pour the water. Yeah, I went all out. Okay. So Emily's over here. She's just kind of like there's going to, something's going to grow. Something's going to grow. I'm a gardener. That's what happens when you're a gardener. You don't need to do anything it's just gonna it's gonna grow maryland now that was work pulling those weeds out yeah yeah and watering <laughs> so maryland is doing the work and for those of you can i show, who's who's got a garden here who gardens some of you it's it's work yeah <laughs> Stephen's a gardener by association, I think. He was born into it. You're voluntold. Thank you for that. <laughs> but in the work isn't there joy? Isn't there joy? Isn't there when we see something and we put in the effort and we I couldn't I couldn't make it reappear. I couldn't I'm not that good. Wow. But but you know, I see this and and Marilyn wow like it transformed Emily how's your flower doing uh, well it's not good. nothing's nothing's growing and so and so they both claim right they're both gardeners is Emily really a gardener she's not she hasn't planted anything she hasn't i don't see anything in there Marilyn i can see that she's planted. I can see the flowers. I can see the absence of weeds. I can see her on her knees in the sun with the wide brim hat. I know you've got one of those. With the wide brim hat, (laughs) the little knee pad, the trowel, the gloves. And she is out there doing the work and I see it. And I know, and I can call Marilyn. I can call you a gardener. Mm. You've produced yeah. a- Emily. I I don't know. I don't. Know. I, I, don't <laughs> I don't see anything. <laughs> Thank you very much. Can we? Can we? I uh, I want us to. I want us to know, right? I want us to know, <laughs> in the joy that comes from that identity, and when we accept Jesus and truly. Call him Lord and Savior. It's not just believing. It's producing. Right? And here, I can look at this and say, she did something. Right? She planted. She produced. She harvested. Don't harvest these. I don't, they're not going to be good to eat. But, I, but I, think about, I think about our lives. This is not good for anything. There's nothing growing here. But I want us to believe and know, and I think what James is trying to get at is he's looking for this, but he's hearing people who are calling themselves gardeners and have nothing to show for it. Nothing's growing. And he gives us, in this passage, three examples of this. Gardening tutorials about what this looks like. The life of a gardener, the life of someone who has faith and lives it out through works. And there's, there's, there's three, and I added a fourth because I can do that. Um, but the first, the first one is kind of, it, it's implied, right? It's implied. And the first, the first example of faith accompanied by works is the person in poor clothing who lacks daily food. Because in that is the necessity for work right is the is there's a need and the person who has useless faith says something but clearly falls short is not living up so there's something else beyond that presumably right i think we can imply taking care of clothes physical needs food caring for them The second example is Abraham essentially sacrificing his son. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works and that faith was completed by his works. He was was asked, right? His work, his work was giving to God the most precious thing in his life the the, the first example taking care of people's needs the second example laying down that which is most precious to us and saying God even this is yours this is a good work it's yours it's done I'll do it the third example is Rahab helping spies helping the spies of Israel so I'll read that And in the same way also was not Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. Here's her works. Here is taking something, her entire livelihood, because if you think about it, uh, considering these examples, the highest and the lowest, Abraham, the father of faith, with Rahab, who literally... In the same scene, hears, believes, acts. Rahab the prostitute is how she's identified. Do you think she might have wanted that last part dropped? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm Rahab the prostitute, yep. But I, I, I love that it's in there for this reason. It's not to dishonor her, I don't think. I don't think it's to dishonor her or to smear her but to to magnify the glory of him who works in her story. It doesn't matter. Why does it matter that she was a prostitute? She is in her position. She hears of this God of Israel from from these spies. Not only does she accept what they tell her, but she then puts herself at a great risk in order to help them. She's in the city of Jericho. Right? She's in the city. Living. She's willing to abandon all of that. Everything that she's known. Everything that is familiar to her. She's willing to lay it all down and abandon everything that she's known. On the word of these, of these men. And she helps them. At great cost. Her faith and subsequent actions. Lead to the destruction of the city. That she had called home. That's a, that's a big price to pay. That was something that she was walking away from. On faith. She had faith that was going to cost her. And yet she believed and did something about it that put her at great risk. And the fourth benefit that's not in this text but is, is in every text is Jesus doing the greatest work in history in accordance with the will of the Father. He says in James chapter 10 verses 37 to 38, If I am not doing the works of my Father then do not believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, even if you don't believe my message, my words, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Take this all the way to the cross. God said, this is the work that I need you to do. And Jesus said, okay. He believed the the, the mission that his father had sent him on and followed it and carried it through. Some patterns that emerge from these examples is that they all came with a cost. Our good works are going to come at a cost. Okay? Whether it was the person who gave the needs, gave out of what they had, so I have less that you might have more. Abraham was ready and committed and on his way until the angel stopped him. Rahab, all of her life, all of the people that she knew, her home, it came at a cost. Jesus, his own life. They all also drew from a trust in God. It wasn't their own works. It wasn't it wasn't in their own faith in in themselves or in a mission it wasn't any of that it was their faith in God they heard a message and believed and in some cases another one it's done in private Abraham takes his son Isaac and they leave their servants they say we're going up on the mountain we're going to worship God your good works that justify and, and validate your faith are not always going to be public and shouldn't be Because if all your good works are in public, what's it for? Okay? God is calling us to do works publicly and in private for him. Not for us, but for him. Some works benefit others, while in some cases they don't. Many of the good works that God calls us to are are to be salt and light. To help others in need. to, To bless others. But in some cases... Abraham sacrificing Isaac was not going to help anyone least of all Isaac. And yet God wants to know you have faith. Let's see it. Finally they were done not to earn salvation. These good works were proof of faith that was already there. In the case of Abraham, it completed his faith because he could say he could say I have faith. Here it is. It's done. And I think about the church throughout history following these patterns as it demonstrated through orphanages, through food programs, through clothing drives, through, through hospitals and schools, believing and having faith and doing something about it and caring about people. And I think about the call that's laid before us at Summit. And I can celebrate. And we see this in Scripture, so I'm going to do it here there are works coming out of summit out of the people of summit and we can celebrate and praise god for the works that are done by by you as a demonstration of your faith i think about all the things that we've done all the causes that we've given to because not not for for any reason i think i believe because god has done something he's he's put in us a new heart and we're acting out of that this friday this friday i've got a group of people who are who are heading to the school to great falls to help dig post holes for signs who does that we do you do because we serve because of what god has done i think of this this building and we talk about this a lot, but I think about how that applies here. And so bear with me, because we talk about this, but because this is a good work that we are doing, not necessarily just for our benefit, but out of, this, out of the overflow of what God has done and out of our desire to love others through this, through this project, And I believe what it says in Matthew 6 uh, that they will see our good deeds and glorify our Father in heaven. Not just to have good deeds, lots of people do good works, but that they may glorify our Father in heaven. I want to call us, if they are naked, to clothe them, if they are hungry, to feed them, if they're downcast, We're going to encourage them. If they are alone, we're going to sit with them. If they are broken, we're going to make them whole. These are good examples and works that we should be doing. But it's no means comprehensive. I looked at 1 Corinthians 13. You take love out and put us in. We should be people of truth, honesty, integrity, love. We should be patient and kind. Because good works is not always tangible and physical. Sometimes, sometimes... And should be kind to each other and to ourselves. How many of you know that being good to yourself and loving yourself is a good work? Because you are now loving what God has created and made and redeemed in his image. That could be a good work that God is calling you to. When you're bent and your your predisposition is to think less of yourself. Going on. We should not envy, we should not boast, we should not be arrogant or rude, we should not insist on our, on our own way or be irritable or resentful, we should not rejoice in wrongdoing but with truth. Some good works. I want to I I give you a summary of this, though. A summary of what he's kind of talking about by these works. And is this, anything which God, being the ultimate good, calls me to do. It can be building God's kingdom here on earth. It can be minimizing the sin in my own life. Revelation twenty twelve says, And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged on what was written in the books according to what they had done. In the words of Thomas Kempis, he said, The noble love of Jesus implies a man to do great things and stirs him up to be always longing for what is more perfect. Not out of obligation, not just to, not just to you know, okay, I've got to do these works so I can get to heaven. God, I love you so much. Show me how. Show me how I can further myself to love you and prove to you, here's what I did. I love you. Here's, here's how. Here's why. Coming back to those two questions to wrap us up. I think about what if, what if, what if someone this morning hears this message and, and, and is uncomfortable in their seat and wonders what if I'm not doing any good works? What if, what if, what if I don't have any fruit? What if this isn't, isn't growing and I don't have that? I want to say this morning, the thing I worry about more than that question is the person who doesn't care. The person who's over here and just, it'll grow. It's fine. I'm not worried. I want us to press into that. I want us to sit. There's two directions that we can go with that feeling and that, and that conviction. We could ask the question, I want to make sure that I make it to heaven. What good works must I do to prove myself? Or, or is the overflow of the, the cross, the forgiveness of my sins, overflowing in my life and, and, and stirring me and pushing me out of gratitude and thanksgiving. Heaven isn't full of people afraid of hell. Heaven is full of people who love Jesus. So what kind of faith is not dead? The faith that is not dead is true, saving, living, active faith in Jesus. And it's one that demands us. One that demands us something of us god called you out of darkness into light he saved us from sin but he saved us to himself to sanctification and finally what kind of works is james talking about these works will be different for each and every single one of you some of them that work is going to be decades long some of you it's going to be what you do this afternoon am I beholding the grace of the cross enough to where it overflows into everything that I do in my life? I'm going to close with this. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, being a Christian is less about cautiously avoiding sin than it is about courageously and actively doing God's will. Would you pray with me? God, I'm not not trying to stay out of hell. Lord, I know what you did in my life, what you saved me from and what you called me to and what what you have in store. So God, I pray over each and every person in this room right now, I pray, Lord, that, God, we would be stirred by that. Father, that, that not out of compulsion, but Lord, out of just awe of you and what you've done in our hearts. Lord, I pray that, that, that the warning from James just rings so true in our hearts and we examine our hearts, we examine ourselves and our lives and say, God, what would you have me do? Lord, I want to do your works. I, I love you and I thank you and I want to see it in my life. God, would you show me I'm willing to pay the cost? Father, I pray that we continue to see that. Lord, that we don't rest on the good deeds of yesterday. But Lord, we look forward to what you're going to do through us tomorrow and today. God, because you have something new that you are calling us to. And I thank you for that. And I pray for more faith to just go and do. God, it's in your name we pray. Amen.